This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Everybody and welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host Xavier Josiah, folks. We got a huge show, so huge that we're going to split it into two episodes, which will be available today upon listening to this right now the this one will be focused on what i was going to do originally in schedule and i didn't want to miss out on anyway i want something fun and exciting to talk about on here and keep you know the vibe going and so with that we're going to talk about baki season three on netflix it just came out uh i got a chance to check it out the sub version at best because due to the circumstances of COVID 19 they are uh netflix is prioritizing the voice acting talent that they do for multi-languages so the english dub has not arrived but that doesn't mean i can't watch and enjoy the subs either so uh we will definitely talk about what i thought about that season as well as a lot of news going on in our favorite fandoms and of course we cannot i would be remiss if we don't talk about the situations that are going on today and with that that's what's going to stretch on to our other episode which is going to focus on and it, I, I don't want to call it a review we will it technically is a review but it's more of a discussion because the movie is phenomenal it speaks for itself it doesn't need to be graded uh in my opinion and many other opinion uh as you guys probably know or may not know just mercy along with a a, a whole uh list of black films on amazon and many other formats are now free to watch they allow everybody to watch these films in accordance to the black lives matter movement uh and as a way of getting people to understand the death of racism systemic racism uh in all forms of racism you have these examples that were produced and directed uh and enacted by many great talents out there i happened to watch just mercy just recently because that was one of the first ones that was announced to be free by the studios and it hit me very hard so much to the point that it brought up back some memories of my experiences as well and we're going to talk about that on the other episode uh because i mean not only we're going to discuss that movie uh it's it's just pretty much going to be a free form there will be no notes given on here i'm just going to you know 
talk about some of the movie and then talk about my own experiences of how I was arrested and wrongfully arrested um, and almost put to jail to the point that we would you would not be hearing my voice today. I would not be able to do any of the things that I'm doing today, um, as well as other forms of racism that occurred in my life in accordance to what really goes on in the world. So we definitely got to talk about that. That needs to be heard. That needs to be, you know, I'm just one example of many. That movie is just one example of many that is going on and we need to change this. So we're going to discuss that in the other episode there. But for now, let's not waste any more time, folks. We got a lot of news to talk about. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks as you know we didn't have an episode last week because everything was so heavy and the impact of what was going on with the protest and the riots and the police brutality that is still going on in some areas unfortunately we couldn't do a show and a lot of other media formats and a lot of other companies also put a pause on things to focus on the black lives matter movement but while that was happening last week we did get some news in the world of C- of the CW and uh, Belarti Studios in reference to the Batwoman series so we all figured that they were going to replace Kate Kane uh, uh, with another actor you know Ruby Rose played a did she did a great job to say what you will about her she did a great job I loved her as Ruby Rose she looks just like the uh, comic book character and um like like a Jim Lee drawing come to life and unfortunately she's not going to be on the show it was too much on her it was too much it was too taxing on her and um plus she got a lot of unfortunate backlash unwarranted backlash uh because of who she is and she's a member of the lgbtq community and and which is total is it, it, it the vocal minority pretty much hit and screw them plus not to mention she got an injury or two and 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 hours as she claimed it just happens it happens not everybody is you know capable of being able to handle that but she decided to step down now when we thought that the character kate kane was going to be replaced no in fact for some reason belanti studios is not replacing kate uh, ruby rose's kate kane instead there will be a new character according to reports all around the cw will now introduce a new character by the name of ryan wilder and is said to be a woman in her mid-20s who is about to become batwoman so she's going to take over the mantle okay i i it's you know i want to be i'm being optimistic as possible but the other part of my brain is like this sucks <laughs> and i don't know how this is going to come out but i've been a fan of greg berlanti and what his uh, team has always done um he's advocated diversity probably more than a lot of shows out today uh respectfully and he really really wanted to make batwoman a big thing especially for the lgb uh tq community as well it's like because she is a part of the group the um uh the culture and kate kane is a part of the culture so it was a it was a match made in heaven so they're finding another um character and i don't know if she's gonna be uh lgbtq as well i'm pretty sure he's very adamant on making another character of that um of that culture as well and we'll see well i it's i i don't doubt greg berlanti but i just i I just don't know how this is going to (laughs) turn so according to the website uh a website known as the decider they reported that she's a likable messy a little goofy and untamed so like it, it, what it sounds like she's robin like jason todd robin before he grew up she's also no uh she's also nothing like Kay kane the woman who wore the bat suit before her uh the notice uh 
The notice also reads, according to the decider, uh, with no one in her life to keep her on track. Yeah, this definitely sounds like Jason Todd. Uh, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging uh, the GCPD and masking her pain uh, with bad habits. A girl who look who would steal milk from for an alley cat could uh, also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is also is the most dangerous type of fighter. Highly skilled, wildly undisciplined, um, and out lesbian. Okay, so she is going to be a lesbian uh, in here. And uh, athletic, raw, passionate, uh, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting, but also note that we still have to figure out what's going to happen to Kay Kane. Where does she go all of a sudden? Like, because, you know, with how the first season ended, what are they going to do when it comes to an episode where we're going to need to know what happened to Kay Kane? Are they going to kill her off? Does she run away into, you know, something has to happen. Like, at least if she's going to jet like that, I would at least let her do one episode, ask her to do one episode so it can explain where her whereabouts is. You know, that's it's, it's God, it's just this is devastating. I, I don't understand why they actually um you got to go about this direction. I, I don't know. May, and, and a lot of people are thinking that it could have something to do with them trying to get um, Ruby Rose back to reprise the role. And they don't want to just replace her uh, respectfully. So I don't know. It, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting. Very interesting. But we got a long way to go. And again, with COVID-19 and hopefully everything opening up slowly soon they could get back into production and we'll see how this goes from there i mean it'll it will eventually come back but to what extent and how what quality we'll see but again i'm my, i'm dancing around this you know one half optimistic the other one pessimistic and doubtful <laughs> so uh very cynical on on the other side so we'll see we will see marvel studios Let's talk about Marvel Studios because uh, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, the man in red as of late. Uh, Marvel Studios will finally regain the rights to Daredevil in the course of six months from now. Daredevil fans have been petitioning for Marvel to get the rights for the man without fear. The show was canceled after the third season on Netflix. And even though the studios were able to successfully close the Kingpin chapter and saga, fans wanted to see more, myself included. They, I'm so glad that they were able to end because I think that was the only series, if I'm correct, that ended and closed, its, and closed the doors properly with the saga and i'm glad he did the third season was without a doubt the best and to top it off we got a interaction with the punisher um and kingpin for the first time ever in live action awesome we've been waiting years for this like why didn't they let do this for dolph lundgren don't get it but over 355,000 signatures were submitted during this campaign. Deborah Ann Wall, who played the role of the heroine Karen Page on the series, began trending on Twitter due to her tweeting about Daredevil. Vincent, uh, I, I, you know, I love this. I love this. It's so many things to love about this movie, uh, uh, about this series, and especially Vincent uh, on, on Freo, who played uh, Kingpin, Wilson Fisk himself. And I, I, I told people all the time, I mentioned this on the show, like episodes back, that he is one of the best Marvel villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely no discussion. Like, I would even say he's second to, he actually is second to um, Thanos. And I know people will probably argue with that by saying, you know, Loki was number two. Nah, Loki ended up being a hero. <laughs> so that kind of gets him out. Wilson Fisk was so feared that people killed themselves to not, to, rather not to save their families, to do, you know, or not to deal with him. They killed themselves, which is crazy. 
absolutely crazy. Charlie, um, Charlie Cox thanks the fans, but he did go on to say that he thinks that the M, um, that the MCU will more than likely recast and start from scratch with the character in the series. That is, and when he said that, I was like, no, nah, why would they do that? But no, nah, I didn't because it is very possible. Like, who's to say that the the imagery, the narrative, and everything that they did on the Netflix shows is what they wanted for the marvel cinematic universe but i love what they did that i love that it brought some a bit of diversity a bit more diversity to the universe by having this dark really really dark area but you know this was before no this wasn't before disney uh brought it this was during and they were still able to do that they pull no punches with this show uh, and i love it i still think they can mix it up they made it they did blend a lot of the events that happened from other shows and movies onto what happened there i remember when they mentioned a punisher um they they kind of lightly wink wink um mentioned a punisher on agent of shield um there is on jessica jones they mentioned uh there was something that they mentioned regarding civil war on there too as well because of the zakovia records so i i mean they it worked it worked and it could have worked even more if they would have mentioned it, it would have been no problem they can mix these two around like let's keep it real everything that happens in 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 the hood and all this stuff is real it's gritty it's not to be heroic and not everybody you know comes back to life or anything and i know they did that on civil war and they you know a bunch of people in sokovia died but at the same time you know things a little bit grittier so who knows they can change their mind especially due to the circumstances of what's been going on today so we will see but it's awesome they will be getting it back so who knows what they see now this funny thing is daredevil's been talked about i would dare say luke cage and all of the the entire defenders and i'm really pissed off that iron fist even though it got a really really bad rep on the first season they really started coming back together in the second season and then just when we things were starting to get good they canceled it and he it was i was i was highly upset at that so uh we will see there's a lot to go on down the road and uh we'll see what happens from there uh last bit of news that i have here is a special treat for all of you on all you anime otaku on hulu hulu has gained the rights to stream the first season of the futuristic box and anime megalobox if you guys have been listening if you guys been hanging on in the show or if you're new to the show i've reviewed this show this series when it first came out and this highly acclaimed anime will also include dubbed and subbed audio which is awesome because they if you guys watched it on uh toonami on cartoon network they had they aired it on there with the english dub so now you get to you know have it with no commercial interruptions or anything on there now the series uh was a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the legendary anime and manga ashita no eat uh no joe and uh which that boxing anime is also i still like uh hajime no ipo a little bit better because that's more of an underdog like Ipo is the ultimate underdog he's a inspiration to everybody who was bullied or whatever like that and then he had you know he worked his he worked his hardest and became champion in his own weight class and uh that's an awesome series but Ashita no Ito a no Joe is the original boxing anime and it's a span from comics to anime to video games whatnot uh you name it I actually have the import for this uh super uh, famicon uh, that i have in possession i gotta play that one of these days but um the series was set in the future not like in the same present time was joe so it was set in the future where an underground prize fighter named junk dog strives to uh fight in the ranks of megalomania or magnolia uh which is a reserved which is reserved for licensed uh citizens this is a high class higher up or upper stratification uh area and uh you know where it, it Hmm, how can I what can I refer to um Ready Player One is think that think um Battle Angel Alita where this there's a higher you know class society and then there's you in the slums or think Final Fantasy with Midgar you know so 
Think of those right there. That's what this kind of is. Kind of like that type of deal. So Junk Dog aims to prove that he is among the best top class, upper class fighters. Uh, or top upper class fighters, I should say that. Um, without the use of mechanical gears, which they use to enhance the fighting um uh, it, it pretty much enhances uh, the impact and speed of the fights, so, so it's pretty much a gimmick. And Joe, and I'm sorry, Junk Dog, pretty much is not about that. He feels that he could get a better fight without the gears, and that's what it kind of plays. There's a lot of anime like that, where it's just like gimmick versus traditional. I was just talking to somebody on a on a um, on social media about another anime like that pretty miku which is a pro wrestling anime uh is a futuristic pro wrestling anime that has somewhat of the same premise as this and basically you have miku who is a traditional pro wrestler but she's also a pop idol and the idea for the promoter is to promote that these women are pop stars also pro wrestlers so it could attract you know a broader demographic and Miko basically wants to um, fight traditionally without the gears and feel that you can put on a better fight without them. And as she fights the champion Aquamarine. So it's a little bit campy, but I, I do recommend if you could find Pretty Miko, find it. It's actually pretty good, especially if you're a pro wrestling fan. Um, not the. I, I, I say it's pretty good. It's not the best pro wrestling anime I've ever seen, but definitely pretty good out there. So, but. Megalobox is available now and I highly recommend it if you're a traditionalist in anime and you like that old school hand drawn style anyway this is beautifully done in all aspects so go out of your way to check that out folks that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG we're going to take a break come back and review the third season of Baki the Raitai tournament it's finally here we're going to talk about that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Baki Season 3, the Raitai Tournament. This is the tournament that we've all been waiting for, and from the last season, we saw Baki go through a lot of hell facing off some of the most notorious sociopathic insane death row inmates coming to japan to face baki and these guys were like murderers and serial killers and whatnot and they got these guys out to fight baki baki used him as a test to see if he was strong enough to face his father yujiro yohanma probably the most evil dude in all of anime i mean absolutely cutthroat and there's been a discussion recently on some uh forums and social media about who is the worst villain or best villain or the strongest villain ever i'm putting yujiro hanma on that format i don't know if he's number one but he's damn sure in the top five for me so season three gives us the great raitai tournament in uh in china and it has baki entering the a traditional tournament a uh, centennial tournament for that matter that spans over 100 years in china baki's goal of course is to defeat his father and by doing so uh proving that he is the strongest fighter in the world after and uh getting back getting uh vengeance on his mother that he killed him way way back in the original first season uh if you guys haven't watched 
if you guys have only watched the series on Netflix, I got news for you. There is way more than what they're showing on Netflix. There actually is two seasons, and I believe I forgot how many episodes there are each. I think it's 52. Rather, all together is 52 per season. Um, because it starts off as him as a kid training in all these other places to be as strong as his father. And not to spoil anything, but Yujiro is he gives negative zero F's in this series. I think he's he was even more evil and cutthroat on the first two seasons than he was in this in these seasons. But he still shows his his badassery if you want to uh, call it that if that's even a word or a term but this season Baki uh this this has always been his goal and the idea to enter this tournament because Yujiro's entering this tournament along with Retsu uh and a few other of his known characters have decided to enter this tournament to see who's the strongest in China and the strongest in the world this was going to be the chance for Baki to finally face his father yeah however baki is still like not in the best of conditions right now he still has a deadly poison coursing through his veins as a result of the fight that he had with uh ryoko uh yanaga uh who possessed the poison hand technique that took place in season two so they they carried that over right into the third season he's he's not exactly like skin and bones weak but he's he looks thinner he looks like he looks like a crackhead pretty much drained out of his energy but somehow some way he's still baki so let's talk about some notable moments and fights like this this if you watch baki you know what to expect just some of the most insane violent over the top mixed martial arts fights underground mixed martial arts fights i should say um i mean just insane just utterly insane so we're going to talk about some of the fights that were worth mentioning here and there's one that i didn't mention in my notes here involving um the sea emperor kaku who i will definitely be talking about thoroughly in this uh because i'm watching it actually on my screen right now as i'm talking about this as well he is an old man a very 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 old man somehow he's still able to be spry and, and fast there's one section here i would be remiss if i didn't mention this day he pulled down his opponent's pants flicked his purse his person his undercarriage knocking his opponent out insanely cold matches over this is how insane like these guys there's these guys martial arts techniques are like centuries old and they have trained to the to its totality and above that it's like you talk about plus ultra this is kind of plus ultra where they could do extraordinary type of abilities and these are just normal humans they don't have any special abilities they're not mutants they're not they don't have quirks or anything like that these are just humans training to the very best and then above that so here you have uh sea emperor Ko, uh, Ko, kaku i believe uh did i say kaku yes yeah, yes kaku so we have uh sea emperor emperor kaku who is in a wheelchair but then he is extremely strong there's a scene in here where he i'm looking at right now where he actually is just he puts his student's hands together then he strikes it with a pen all at once and then chops it off with his hands cutting all their hands off it's and if you're listening to this and if you see the graphic on the the actual graphic promo that i made for this episode this is not for kids i'm definitely going to put this to you now this is not for kids this is very very adult oriented violent rated r whatever you want to put it like they get really hardcore violent in this thing not to the level of fist of the north star this is like next this is like second tier to fist of the north star or story of ricky if you ever watch that like those are just overboard like i can't i don't even want to describe how violent fist of the north star and story of ricky <laughs> is but heads explode let's just put it like that so very graphically um but it's it's uh this is they don't disappoint you if you're that's what you're looking for in this show they do not disappoint so 
notable mentions the uh is I, I'm, that I put on my notes is like the meeting with Ujiro and Ali Jr. and that is Muhammad Ali Jr., which we'll definitely talk about more uh, down the line in this uh, in these notes. Ujiro and Ali Jr., which if you guys remember in season two, that's they introduced Muhammad Ali into the show, and which is awesome because he is in the manga as well. And I've read the manga, and I believe I've read this saga as well of Baki and like a lot of this is coming back to me when I see this stuff so um but Muhammad Ali is introduced in the manga and he's been introduced in the show now granted now I'm going to probably mention this again that uh they changed the name spelling of Ali and I'm pretty sure that might have to something to do with legal reasons or not but the likenesses and everything there and Ali Jr. is a fictional character because he never had a son ali jr is never there's um layla ali who is a champion female champion fighter and i believe undefeated is i I, don't call me i don't think she's i don't recall her ever losing a fight but she's also famous as well dropped a gorgeous for that to boot um but in this anime this fictional universe ali jr exists so that's what they went with and i don't know if this was before they even knew that Layla ali even existed uh and it's but they went with it uh so there's a meeting with yujiro and ali jr and i believe yujiro just wanted him to enter the tournament and he wanted to question his strength uh, in regards to entering the tournament he invites him into this hotel and invites him to be a part of this tournament and ali at the same time and him are talking they make reference to the legendary ali and antonio inoki fight in japan this was a real fight that happened where muhammad ali faced one of the top martial arts and pro wrestlers in japan like great one of the greatest of all time antonio inoki is not only spanned through the industry of professional wrestling but also mixed martial arts he is known heavily as one of the guy the pioneers of mixed martial arts uh as well because he would use a lot of techniques that is now a household name today you know ground games and all that stuff he would use that in his uh in his repertoire and then also i believe in the wwf he was known as the uh as the martial arts champion there was no such the term mixed martial arts didn't come in until way later i forgot the name of the person who came up with that term but and i'm i forgive me for that because that guy passed away but he made a great impact when he made that term um but Antonio Noki is highly known and what he's mostly known for especially when it came to pride fighting championship is whenever he would meet with a certain particular fighter if he slaps that fighter that fighter somehow some way for some reason winds up becoming champion and that is no joke like that has happened so many times uh when it happened I there were times when pride wasn't legit but they were then they became a legit mixed martial arts uh you know organization still some people still were skeptical due to circumstances of uh a certain involvement that i would not mention but um he would slap an opponent he would slap one of the fighters like heavy and it was a it was a term of endearment and honor to be slapped by inoki and if you get slapped by inoki that means he has faith in you and you have the ability to become champion and people in those fighters uh ended up becoming champion Leoto Machida is one of the biggest examples of that. He went to the UFC and beat uh who did he I forgot who he beat for that championship. But he beat somebody for that championship and they reflected back on when he was in um when he fought in Pride and uh Inoki slapped the living crap like three times and he just walked off because he knew it was like wow. So they reference to this and instead of and if you guys remember the Ali fight too the Ali uh the Ali versus um Antonio Noki fight went to a no contest because Antonio Noki wanted to lay on the ground and then Ali wanted to stand up so it's like it was a stalemate it was pretty much a stalemate you know which is somewhat what we see today but now we have refs who are trained enough to say like if nothing's happening in the cage or in an octagon you stand them up that's it there's some people who would go to the ground there's jujitsu artists who would go to the ground and would want you to 
you know, test them out and see if you can handle their, you know, grappling game. And if you don't, you get trapped and you get into a submission, you're done. If you don't know how to defend yourself in that format, you're not doing it. Uh, And that was the case with Muhammad Ali. He was not trying to hear it. He wanted to get to stand up. And unfortunately, boxing is a different style than wrestling or jujitsu or, you know, shoot wrestling or shoot fighting. Um, And, you know... I, you know, Enoki wanted to test him out there because he knew he couldn't handle his stand up. So it became a no contest. And it went on there. I think that I, I saw that match once. I saw that fight once. It just went on forever from that point. So um, they wanted to redo that scene. You know, Ujiro wanted to redo that scene with Ali Jr. So he went to the ground. Instead, Ali Jr. went to Smart Route and left the hotel, which made Ujiro furious because he outsmarted him. He was like, you know, why not? You know, the best ways to get out of this position is to walk away. And Ujiro's face was priceless because he was like, wait, what? You're leaving a fight? What the hell? He left out. He bailed. He's like, I'm glad everything turned out peaceful for my father. And uh, no key. <laughs> Closed the door. Ujiro was pissed. He punched the living crap out of the door, broke the door down. Ali Jr. was nowhere to be found. He was out. And he stumped on Ujiro stumped on the ground so hard that it felt like a bomb hit in the building and people were asking is this a terrorist attack and Ali Jr. is walking off I thought that was a very very funny moment there so then you had Poison Baki versus C. King Lee Baki fighting an opponent the fight was fighting an opponent uh, an opponent in the last season as I mentioned that possessed the poison hand technique left him weaker than normal which in turn still was more of a match for his opponent C. King Lee uh, who also had that uh, poison uh, technique as well uh, at you know regardless he left the victor of that turn of that match uh, thanks to C. King Retsu who's actually a friend of Baki but he's also uh, one of the Kempo masters in China as well. Baki managed to recover back to full strength, getting all of his uh, body weight back, and he looked as healthy as he could possibly be. This led to Baki believing that he was strong enough to fight his father at this point because he was revitalized and everything. He got a little bit too cocky, smelled himself too much. And that turned out as well as you would think because with one strike, what was damn near a, a choke slam move or a face slam move, he grabbed his face, rammed him to the wall, forcing him deeper into the wall, the wall's cracking, and he said, who the hell do you think you are? Because he he antagonized his father to make him seem like he was weaker. Kaku also may mention that he's weaker than he normally was too, and he and he's getting older, whereas Baki's getting stronger. And Yujiro wasn't trying to hear that. <laughs> so he wind up forcing Baki's head right through the arena walls, throwing him out of the arena building itself. And Baki, much like Ali Jr., I mean, much like Yujiro when he faced Ali Jr., came back in, Yujiro was gone, getting Baki pissed off. So that was a very interesting moment right there. The Raitai tournament was set to be a traditional tournament where the Warriors uh, fight to the finals, which was Baki's plan uh, to finally face Ujiro. Thanks to Ujiro, Ali Jr., and I believe Biscuit Olivia, uh, Olivia, Olivia and a, well, I would say also a poison, a poison Baki at that. Uh, the dominant power of the U.S. and Japan fighting team during this tournament led to Sea Emperor Kaku deciding to change the stipulations of the uh, of the Raitai tournament, which now became a five-man elimination tournament between the Chinese Kempo masters of the Sea uh, the Sea team or the Sea Emperor and King team versus the MMA team of Japan and U.S. of Yujiro Baki, Muhammad Ali Jr., Bisco Olivia, and the Japanese Sea King, Jaku. So, which I guess he trained with China, but now he's he's actually from Japan, so they consider him an outcast, I guess, <laughs> in this case. Um, this also means that once again, once again, and this has happened uh, many a times, once again, we do not get to see the much-anticipated rematch uh, 
which st- has Baki versus Yujiro Hama, his Hamna, his father. Baki. Let me see where I'm at. As you would expect, though, each fight was violent and explosive, nonetheless. But Baki, as you uh, also would expect, made quick work of his opponents. And although during his agreement to team up with his father, he reminded his father that he hated him. He basically said he hates you, but in reference, you got to extend that to the fact that he killed his mother uh, in the first season, his own his own wife in the first season, and all because she was not strong enough, and she he felt that 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 at the time Baki was weak, and she trained him as a weak person, even though Baki was clearly not weak at all. He beat every one of his opponents that he faced during that first season, but to Yujiro, he was totally weak. And he did beat Baki at the end of the day, but he also killed his wife because of that. <laughs> it's just so cutthroat. The two made a minor agreement and alliance. And there was one point in the show, in the series, where Baki won a match very quickly and decisively. And meeting him with his father, he high fived his father. And they just had this one rare moment of, of, uh, you know, of, of union with each other. Of course, that would not last long at all. That was just one damn moment that they had. But it was a, it was a very interesting moment, a significant moment in the uh, series here. So then we got uh, Biscuit Olivia versus Shobun Run. Uh, Biscuit Olivia went up against Shobun Run and a sort of a strong style match where the two put their hands in their pockets or in his tights for that matter because he came out with wrestling tights or a speedo or whatever uh when facing him and i'm why this this match is on right now on my screen and if you don't understand what a strong style is if you don't watch pro wrestling don't know what strong style is strong style wrestling or strong style is when you allow your opponent to hit you with the hardest hit that they could possibly can and see if you can actually take it then if you could take it you didn't deliver your version of the strongest hit as well and they just keep going back and forth until one ends up going out and they just keep this up and keep this up and and and, and for wrestling sake for wrestling sake it could become very hard hitting um very high impact it's heavy ow and i just god he back slapped him real quick when i was i'm looking at this and so he took he takes a hit and then he keeps telling him to take a hit the one who falls uh, with their fiercest attack is declared the winner pretty much in this case shobun gave biscuit a backhand followed by a plethora of strikes leaving him bloodied and bruised but it was biscuit who it was biscuit's boulder like fist that slammed Shobun's shoulders <laughs> it just pretty much he hit his shoulders in a way which was kind of equivalent of how somebody uppercut you and hit you in the chin and if you got a glass jaw if you hit your person in the chin with enough force with and when you get that velocity of force it, it puts an impact into your um in your body that is the equivalent of a lot of weight being you know Mike Tyson, for instance, how fast and how hard he hit was the equivalent of maybe like a motorcycle crashing into you. It's with that type of force and velocity in there. So if you get hit by a chin, it takes out your entire, all your legs get taken out. You become wobbly. You're out. If you, if you, if your chin has not been trained to take a hit, or if you don't have the body to take a a strong jawline to take a hit. Biscuit hit him with his it was his oh biscuit did go down for a sec i didn't realize that biscuit actually did go down for a sec but he got back up and was able to take a hit and when he finally hit him with his two hands on in both of uh shobun ron's shoulders knocked him out completely the match was over from right there so i thought that was very interesting i love this character uh biscuit olivia because if and if you guys watched the uh, previous seasons he is an inmate but he also is a sort of a bounty hunter too and he he lives in jail but he's out to get outlaws too and they hire they uh, because of that he's allowed to they he's allowed to live as 
comfortably as possible. Like he has a library of books in his jail cell. He has TV. He has, uh, you know, exotic food and expensive like luxury food and and, and gourmet you know cuisine at every day because uh, what he's doing it's hilarious. So that's his situation right there. Uh, and I believe he is the only African-American character in, or yeah, he is African-American. He's the only African-American character in the uh, series, if I'm correct. So then you got what I call my, my my favorite fight of the entire tournament, the best fight of the tournament. That was Yujiro Hanma versus Sea Emperor Ka- uh, Kaku. And this was definitely the match of the entire tournament. Sea Emperor Kaku, way over 100 years old, in a wheelchair but is deceivingly powerful like i just mentioned he just chopped off three guys hands at once the man is ridiculous this is a fight that the strongest fighter in the world which is yujirahama aches for so to the point so to the point that basically he can acquire devilish speed and piercing strikes that can stab through normal opponents and i'm talking about uh the sea emperor here i like how this match started because they respect they have much respect for each other's strength and they had this moment where yujiro takes his wheelchair asks him to sit down and they just walk into the middle they he walks he takes uh see emperor kaku in wheelchair to the middle of the ring or jesus he just walks around with him in a wheelchair and they're talking and they just have this talk knowing that in any second they're about to go off and that's exactly what happened as a result kaku basically went in he in blinding speed got off his chair the chair breaks how uh how fast he went that it just broke the damn chair and he started to attack this just this was just crazy the results came to a crazy and insane battle (laughs) between the two deadliest titans in this entire tournament which ended up in yujiro destroying the old man in ways that should have him arrested and put in jail for death row (laughs) what he did to this man and in fact the fight ended when kaku completely technically died while in the ring uh while while in fighting stance for the uh at that waiting for yujiro's next strike yujiro stopped the force of his punch just inches away from kaku as he noticed that he he is no longer alive there was no heartbeat there was no breathing there was no pulse done they stopped the match right there. However, strangely later on, strangely later on, the medics take him to the back. They carried him in the gurney, took him to the back of the locker room where the Chinese team was. And this dude resurrects back up. He just comes back to life as nothing, like nothing happened. Like, okay, yeah, he, yeah, I, my whole entire heart stopped and I did stop breathing, but I'm back. This anime is just beyond insane. <laughs> it's just beyond the same. So, the last thing that I'm going to mention is Muhammad Ali Jr., which I mentioned in the beginning. Um, the, because the other focus of the season aims mostly on Muhammad Ali Jr. And Muhammad's journey aims to, at living up to his father's legendary name. That's pretty much it. And doing what his father could not do, which is beat Baki and Yujiro to become the strongest in the world, which would also make him the new GOAT, the greatest of all time, topping his his father, his father's legacy and that. So during the first part of the season, Muhammad Ali Jr. lives up to the honor of his father, uh, father's name or in the family name with his quick and explosive boxing style, uh, taking out his opponent very rapidly and insane now take note he also wanted to add mixed martial arts into his fighting style because that's what his father did not do at the time so he wanted to blend and kind of jikundu uh the boxing style to create it to be able to work with mixed martial arts and underground fighting like you know what you see in these tournaments however after the tournament he gets a bit too cocky with himself after his wins and after the Japanese team win the tournament. He gets a bit too cocky. So he pays for it 
dearly in the midst of multiple battles, multiple daily battles with one crippling him more and more. So this is episode 10, which is entitled Stand and Fight. This is actually a filler episode, sort of, kind of, but it also is a comedic episode. I actually thought it was just funny. Um, it has Ali Jr. in some uh, what of a, com- a comical predicament as he vows to prove his love to Baki's girlfriend, uh, Kozu uh, Matsumoto, by becoming the strongest. And that means beating Baki and proving his love to her. He does this by fighting the likes of Baki's roid raging half brother Jack Hammer, which uh, came in. I think he came in in the first season, the very first season, not the Netflix season, the original season. Which I again, I hope that they actually. I don't know. I don't understand why they don't air those those original episodes. Hopefully, they will get the rights to the original because I think those are really intricate and pivotal moments. And for those who did not get a chance to watch. The original episodes they don't understand why Yujiro is such a badass and some of the characters that are coming in like you're watching if you're a hardcore fan watching this you know what's going on you even watched the original OVA from like the 80s but it doesn't really tell too much of a story of Baki's road too much so if you're new watching this but never watched the actual original they don't do a good job telling you the backstories or the first season of what happened with that it's just like you had to be you had to been watching this from the get-go or not and that's it so unfortunately i and i hope i really hope netflix does at some point brings all of it back when they finish with this series with this netflix series version because it, it it definitely needs to be told and a lot of people needs to see why this is such a great anime and why this is probably one of the best mma animes of all time from this point but he ends up fighting jackhammer along with dopo orochi of the shinshin kai and jujitsu uh, master goku uh shibukawa so he's fighting all these guys on a daily and each time he fights a new uh one of the newest opponents he's he has a cast on he's bruised he's his i mean they break bone through his skin again this is not for kids it like Muhammad Ali Jr. gets his ass beyond where I don't even know what is the term I I mean there's a lot of terms you could say but whatever it is yeah that's what happened to him the results ended up in him being bandaged up more and more every day having while well, having lunch was uh Zozu which she's just looking at him like you guys are stupid idiots <laughs> because it's like he does not have she's looking at him like you don't really have to do with this you don't have to fight but you guys are gonna fight you guys and i believe she said that all of them are from planet stupid which was really funny and um you know when dopo called him back to fight again he was like she looked at him she looked at muhammad ali jr was like you're gonna go out and fight again aren't you he's like yep like you idiot (laughs) so it's really it's really cool there is also um the next episode which is you know junior's encounter with a very spry and very healthy muhammad ali senior who in this universe as i mentioned does not have issues of head trauma followed by parkinson's disease like he does in real life they don't mention it all this is actually them paying homage to muhammad ali in a sense um still recognizing him as the greatest of all time and that is what i really appreciate about this anime because they this anime aside from all the violence and aside from all that they do take time to explain a lot of the technicalities of these techniques they talk about they educate you with certain factors of the anatomy they also talk about like some real history uh, uh, some real sports and fighting history in here and this is the part I love about anime they do educate the hell out of you in certain things like this some things that you would never know if you watch like early like normal Saturday morning cartoons or US shows um, it, it, ju- it just right there it's like I love what they do They I, some of the technical aspects like I watch UFC and watch Joe Rogan explain things so articulately and and um and thoroughly anime does the exact same thing 
it does absolutely the exact same thing and i absolutely appreciate when they do that because you learn a lot you actually do learn a lot and anime teaches anime teaches you man so in that episode he meets with uh, muhammad ali but muhammad ali is trying to give him grief for not being as strong enough as he wants him to be or he should be now he's not as muhammad ali senior is not as cutthroat as yujiro but you there was an episode last season where yujiro did meet up with muhammad ali and they have some sort of a mutual respect for each other like yujiro recognizes him for his godhood at the same time ali respects him as as who he is as well it's the only guy i think i don't recall they ever really faced each other because they respect each other's you know damn again this is respect to them for respecting the greatest of all time in boxing so if i had any negative about this season it is that it is just this with netflix being only the netflix season only being like one half of a 26 episode season that originally aired in japan just a little bit a few months before they aired it all over the uh, world uh this was a big tease here because the last episode showed yujiro finally feeling that baki was ready to face him he was strong enough to face him and he actually finally challenged him to at the end of uh, episode 12 so myself and many other fans thought that we would finally get the two facing off in the last episode of the season but instead we were giving a we were given a recap as well as a follow-up to the death row fighters that went while on a wild hunt in japan to face baki in season two and they did mention lightly that those two were gonna fight but it just went total left field and had us going into the point that we were going to actually uh see those two finally you know face off nope the final episode of the first half of the 26 episodes gives us a lackluster filler episode and many people online were very upset about that uh, I, I i this was indeed very disappointing because i mean it, the the season was so good and then they top it off with that if anything i would have stopped right at episode 12 and just waited till the next season to do that i would not have left it hanging with that with that episode and even worse we don't know when the next season will even come with COVID-19 still affecting many studios. Um, I mean, like I mentioned before on this show, that due to the circumstances, they are delaying the audio work because a lot of the actors, they're not in studios anymore. They're doing they're doing audio work from home. They're doing their studio work from home. So they're doing their voiceover work at home a lot of them are all of like all of them are there's not i don't think there's one or two people in that studio that is doing it they're all doing it from the safety of their home so that's going to prolong this the situation i can definitely tell you steve bloom is doing it from home because that's what we were hearing when he did the uh, zoom chat with him uh, a while back so a lot and, and they mentioned it on tsunami and steve bloom is a part of that team uh, the tsunami team and does a ton of different animes and games so i know for a fact that he's doing it and he's on the show he's dope orochi on the on on this series so i know that they're doing it home and they delayed just like they did with um ghost in the shell ghost in the shell started uh as only japanese uh audio only and then like a few weeks later then they brought it in so they're coming they're just it's going to be delayed. I mean, it's nothing we could do. COVID-19 is affecting everybody in their own way, but at least they're coming. So, and with that said, the, the series is absolutely great, but it ended off with that. And that was just, it, it just sucked. It just sucked. It, it really did. It's like you were building and building and building so greatly. And then you just get this dud of a finish for the first even for the first half of this season. Um, so some believe that the fourth season may come as soon as the end of the year we don't know 
there's no no confirmation to that uh, for that at the moment but either regardless this is still one of the best anim, uh mixed martial arts animes out there i love kengen ashura but and i really do like that anime but it's it's so much like baki there's it really like if you watch it you would have thought that is absolutely a 3d rendered version of baki cell shaded version of baki in a sense it's still great it's still awesome but um and i still highly recommend checking out ken gen Shura if you want to still have some you know mixed martial arts fists because they do some really cool stuff in here too uh, and it's a it's, it's a different feel but at the end of the day it still has it still carries the same feeling with it um but with the, as far as this season it was really really good and then it ended in a dud so with that if i give it a grade overall if i give it a grade it will be a b plus hopefully the fourth season will be the payoff that we've been waiting for i want the fourth season to not only give us yujiro versus baki but i want that i wanted i want them to do that dragon ball style i need that to i need that to last at least three episodes <laughs> at least because we've been waiting forever for this to happen at least four, three to four episodes out of the 12 episodes we've been waiting for this to happen for so damn long i know i have i've been waiting for the i can't eat this is like i think probably even before 2000 i've been waiting to see baki face his father and beat his father because what he did in that first season and again i highly recommend all of you to go out of your way to find the original first two seasons not these three seasons that you're looking at on netflix there are two seasons that are not in fact let me let me let me give you a sec i'm gonna go on my folders because i actually have the files for this and i'm gonna find this for you i'm gonna find and tell you how many episodes there are in this so bear with me just for one sec uh, God, when you think you got enough terabyte drives, you always need more. So ridiculous. Uh, da, da, da. Series. Can we go Baki? Here we go, Baki the Gra and it's called Baki the, Baki the Grappler. So that's how you, that's how you're able to, you know, know the difference between the Netflix series Baki and the original two series is called Baki the Grappler. There are 48 episodes in this uh, match, which means there are like 24 episodes. Uh, per, there's two, the first season, the first original season is 24. And then they go into the other season when Baki gets a little bit older and he fights in the tournament again. So he's, at, you know, the first season, he's a little kid. Like literally a little kid who could beat everybody's ass. And that was the, that was the thing about Baki. He's a prodigy in fighting. And the kid should not be able, a little 14 year old kid should not be able to beat the living crap out of older fight, uh, established fighters. This guy, this kid's a genius. And then the second season, which is like episode 25 through 48, uh, it's him growing up after the events of what happened with um, Yujiro and him the first time they fought. So they've been dragging this forever. And I am chomping at the bits to see this fight like as if it was a real pay-per-view event and i will treat this like a true pay-per-view event when this comes out and i will review this again when that time happens they better give this to us i swear to goodness so that will do it folks for this episode of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you had a great time with this i hope this was able to take your mind off things that is going on in the real world but right now next up i should say not even right now next up we're gonna get a little real and i'm gonna talk about some real world stuff uh that in in reference to the movie just mercy um starring jamie fox and michael um michael j uh michael b jordan i'm sorry mike i was about to say michael j fox <laughs> sorry michael b jordan and brie olsen a movie i extremely recommend everybody to see it was it was inevitable that i go see this i was trying to avoid seeing this movie but i end up due to the circumstances i wound up seeing it anyway and it just it 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 things just came back on me so we'll talk about that in the next episode but 
there's a lot to talk about in that episode my experiences in reference to what happened in that movie and so um i highly this is the first time i'm ever going to say this i i ask everybody to check that out as well as this if not more on that episode because if you don't think that is real i'm about to tell you how real those situations are and how real that movie was and it was based on a true story but i'm gonna tell you how real this really is and if you think you don't know people that has been through this and is uh, in our black like myself i'm about to keep i'm about to get real with you and definitely get real with you on this episode so um this week on select start i will review my second attempt at playing the classic tales of vesperia and i decided to just go with the flow i had this game on the xbox when i used to actually own an xbox 360 and i brought it and i did like it but it, it for some reason i just it didn't i just wasn't in, in into beating that game so I, I never finished playing that game i never got that deep but it, i felt like it was just dragging forever but i know people like that and I know people enjoy it. So when it came, the definitive edition came on to the uh, to uh, the Nintendo Switch, I, was, I I just decided to check it out, and it was on sale too at the time too. So I was like, oh, you know what? I think now is the time for me to check it out. And I've been playing this, and I've been deeper than I've ever been in this game as well. So uh, I will definitely give this a thorough review and give my thoughts on it. Do I like it now? We'll see. We'll talk about that more. So we'll stay tuned for that, and then uh, hopefully. Things will, things in society and things in the world will calm down, and uh, well, and plus we got to see if PlayStation will announce their PlayStation Five uh, presentation as well from there, and hopefully, like I said, the world will become a lot calmer. We'll all start to learn more about things, and we'll learn to work together. And by the way, with that said, Happy Pride Month to the lgbtq community because unfortunately with all everything that's been going on i feel bad even with everything that's going on i still feel bad for that culture and community because they they exist and they matter and they're in their own right as well they matter no more to everybody else but right now we're fighting for our wealth and value and there are people in the black in a black community who is also part of the lgbtq community out there and everybody needs to be valued in some form but when one culture is being outcast and killed and catastrated we have to focus and allow people to know that we matter equally no more no less than everybody else that's what this fight is for it, people who say all lives matter they don't they're not understanding the full length we of course we know that you blockheads but it, it there's a we can't all matter if one denomination does not that's the idea educate yourself people educate yourself with that said we're gonna get off from here and go directly from there so on this note on behalf of myself this is dax Xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things and everybody and especially anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Stay tuned for the next special episode. for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.